What is going on, everybody? It is Johnny Murphy here, and I am back from what has been a long hiatus from professional wrestling ever since World Pro Wrestling went under. And uh, thankfully, I got a new job. And that new job is doing reviews and podcasts and commentary for top-tier wrestling, TTW. And tonight, I'm going to be here to give you a snippet, a little preview of what I'm going to be in store. And that starts with the review of the very first ever TTW Power Rankings. Now, Blake Marker and uh, Chris Rainey have been working together on this backstage. They have uh, constantly um, been watching matches, been reviewing people, and uh, we're going to take a look at these. Uh, I'm going to give you my honest opinion, of course, and uh, if you got any opinions on it, if you want to talk to me or if you want to even join this podcast, you can ask me any time you wish. My DMs are always open, but for now, let's get into these power rankings. Let's get it. We start with number 18. Number 18 on the list is Elijah. Um, wow. Talk about a fall from grace. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did not expect him to make it this low. Like, I, I knew he was going to be low, but because of what has been transpiring as of late in TTW, but this low? Holy hell. How the mighty have fallen. For those who don't know Elijah like that, he went from... Debuting on right, their first ever show, running an entire gauntlet through the entire roster in one night to be their first global heavyweight champion. And ever since then, I think that's been the only success he has. He's he he really didn't defend his title much. He didn't show up one night, so we had to vacate the title and give it to Jay. But then we had that whole controversy with that, and Jay ended up losing the title back to Elijah, and Elijah ended up losing the global championship to Angel Perkins Harris to become the undisputed champion and the global title was then retired and ever since then he's been basically uh he's been on hiatus and he has come back to TTW and ever since then he just hasn't been doing anything there's not much of a note that he's done and it's really disappointing but I don't think you'll see him on the bottom of this list for very long. He is a hell of a competitor. He's one amazing guy to be around in the locker room. And he's too much of a competitive person to just take the low road like that. He's too much of a person to uh really just stay down for long. He's going to bounce back. He's going to uh bring a lot of fire to this company. The question is, when? Number 17, Roscoe. Wow. Um, okay, I really don't really want to dwell on this man for long. All I'm going to say about Roscoe is this. He is unique. He is a hell of a competitor. He's, quite frankly, one of the most bizarre guys we've had in the locker room. But this is a great ranking for him. This is the right ranking for one reason. What has he done? He didn't... I don't think he competed in the title match in a title tournament and even if he did I think he got eliminated pretty early and on top of that there really hasn't been any competitive matches or moments where you look and be like oh my god Roscoe did that that's awesome he he hasn't really done anything so am I wrong am I feeling like this is a bad plot on the list of course not this is perfect friend but again like I say with everybody it was low on the list or anyone on the list for that matter any given week, you can go either up or down. So you can only go from up from here, Roscoe. 
Best of luck to you. Number 16 on the list, we have the Savage Rockstar, the Black Diamond, Cassidy Wyndham. Um, Wyndham is one of the most resilient guys you would know. Um, he does have a tendency to lose a lot of confidence, but when he's confident, it doesn't matter how many losses he racks up, he will continue to fight. Hell, he was one of the greatest success stories in WPW, one of the comeback stories that we all grew up to love. Um, he went from literally not winning anything to battling back and becoming the United States champion, heading into Battle of the Belts, but we all know how that pay-per-view ended. But, uh, <clears throat> nothing against him. Wyndham will not be low for long. He will be back. This man will scratch and claw and do basically whatever it takes to get back in the win column. So, I guarantee that he will be cracking the top 15. I'm not saying top 10. Top 15, maybe he'll be 13 or 12 by the, by the time the next week comes up and we get another power rankings from them. Number 15, Sean Franklin. Uh, he is currently scheduled to face Mark for the international championship. And uh, I, for one, can say that this isn't going to be a great match. He has been struggling as of late, but I don't think it's going to be a struggle for long. He's compelled and determined to put on great matches. He hasn't put on great matches, but he's put on solid, solid matches, if you can say that. But uh, he does look back to pounce back. He does look like he has a chance to uh, battle for the National Championship. All he has to do is be Mark, and uh, I think Mike's going to have to, if Mark does lose to him, Sean, I think Mike's going to have to take a really good look at him because you take him seriously. Of course, you're going to have a good chance of beating him, but if you don't take him seriously, uh, good luck. That's all I got to say. Number 14 on the list, Tyler Bowman. Uh, he is one of the wrestlers that went on a huge hiatus when WPW was still going on and has recently just came back. I, I, there's nothing really to say about this man other than his good matches from WPW against Mark and against Blake Marker and against Jonathan Reed and Jay and Elijah, especially during the gauntlet for the global title. It did look like at times that Tyler would come up with the win. However, he was just short. And again, everybody was that night except against him. But like I said, there's not really much I can add on this man because he really hasn't done anything of note in TTW. But the only reason he's cracked the list, in my opinion, he's cracked this high above guys who's been here for a minute is because of the fact that he was so impressive in the WPW. And I don't think that, uh, I don't think he's going to stay low for long. If he continues to be active, I think he'll prove to have an impressive career in TTW. It's going to take some time, but success doesn't happen overnight. Number 13 on the list, Quinn No Real Deal Miller. Oh, this man is, uh, it's been a long time since we've seen Quinn in full-time capacity in a wrestling ring. Last we've seen him on television, he was tearing it up on the gridiron with the Houston Texans, racking up over a thousand yards in week four. It was only week four and we've seen him with already a thousand yards. So I, I would say he is, uh, let's hope he's healthy. I say he did look good last night in the uh, Elimination Chamber match for the tag team titles amid some controversy, of course. 
But Quinn Miller is no slouch championships. He is a former Grand Prix champion. In fact, he's the longest reigning Grand Prix champion that's ever been. He's a member of WMD who were the first ever WPW Tag Team Champions. He's had a crack at the world's title in the past. He's been basically a mainstay in terms of one of those guys in WMD who, I guess you can count all of them, who's very tough to beat. Hell, in his debut match, he beat APH for the Hardcore Championship at Breakdown June, June 9th, 2018, 2019. I'm sorry. So, he will not stay down here for long. Unless he leaves again. But he looks like he's committed full-time to the company. And all I can say is I can't wait to see more of the real Dual Uppercut again. I really miss that. <laughs> Number 12 on the list, we have Jonathan Reed. The unpredictable one. He has had a solid, solid tenure in TTW so far. I mean, he hasn't won titles, but his reuniting with Blake Albright and Justice and now Chris Rainey to form Vendetta has proven effective. There were some nights where Vendetta would basically rule the roost in uh, TTW. Of course, amid controversy last night, he could have walked out one half of the World Tag Team Champions, unfortunately, due to so much controversy, so much confusion that happened mid-match. He couldn't show, and honestly, it was just a huge clusterfuck, to say the least. Um, I believe Jonathan will rise on this list, and there's a good chance he will become tag team champion, so that can only boost him up. We will see how things transpire from here on out, but I think in terms of uh, where he's at currently, could be a bit too high. If he wasn't with Vendetta, I think they would have not have put him as high as they did. But in terms of the reason why he is with Vendetta, I think 12 is a solid placement. Number 11, we have the former greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, the Enforcer, Mark. Um, Mark, again, is a member of WMD. He wasn't there at the pay-per-view last night, uh, which was very unfortunate. He has... Uh, Stated that he is a champion magnet and that he wants to be champion again in TTW and that he guarantees he will be. And he has a chance against Sean Franklin next week to fight to fight Mike for the international championship. But in terms of how he's done in this company so far, this I don't want to say this rank is a bit too high, but I may think it is. I mean, he hasn't done really much of note besides with WMD and... Last night, his guys lost. It's not his fault, but there's nothing really that he's done of note other than what he's done in WPW, which is former Intercontinental Champion, longest rating Intercontinental Champion, former Tag Team Champion. He's been, uh, he's really been disappointing, especially with his exit in the first round of the Global Heavyweight Title Tournament. Many people thought he'll make it to the finals. Hell, I had him as my pick to win the championship. So, it was really disappointing to see how he has fell. But, like everybody here on this list, it's a new company. It's going to take some time for them to get to that groove again. I don't think he's going to remain this low, but I think this is one of those picks. where Blake is kind of uh, using a bit of WMD bias. This may be a bit too high. My ranking will probably be 15. That's just me. Number 10 on the list. We're cracking to the top 10, ladies and gentlemen. We have Malcolm, the brother of Elijah, who looked really impressive 
heading into the quarterfinals of the Global Heavyweight Championship Tournament. But uh, then he ran into a wall. The wall's name was Jay, and that wall featured some kicks and a knee in there too. Um, Personally, I think Malcolm in the ring technically is more sound than his brother. I think Elijah is more the brawler, more of the uh, powerhouse, and Malcolm's more the technician. But this is a good placement. However, it did hurt him. He should have been higher on this list, but it did hurt him, considering the fact that he no-showed the international title match last night. So this is really this is really a bad placement in terms of potential. But there's no reason for him to not crack the top five soon. If he does manage to finally fight back and say enough's enough and go after that international title. Or the Global Heavyweight Championship. You can get revenge on Jay for that one. I would like to see that, actually. At number nine, we have Tyler Marshall, member of the Fallen Angels. Or whatever's left of them. Oh, we have Dizzy and APH and now Tyler. Preston's not here. But Tyler Marshall's been looking impressive during his uh, initial return to professional wrestling. And, uh... He's a good competitor. He's gotten a good, he's gotten decent amount of wins, including his win in a very competitive match against Jonathan Reed a couple weeks ago. And whether he won the belts with his partner or not last night, since Angels won, he is technically a tag team champion. So this is also our first champion on the list. Personally, again, this is one of those that are a bit too high, but I think him being a champion by association rather just brought him up. However, we'll see if he can back up this placement with a win with APH against WMD and against Vendetta next week's now next week's show. Whether he does or not will affect whether this ranking stays the same, goes up, or whether he plummets. We'll see. Number eight on the list. We have Blake Marker. Huh. So he actually was objective? Holy shit, I thought he would put himself number one, that egomaniac. Um, no offense to Blake. <laughs> None taken, really. Um, Blake Marker, God's gift to pro wrestling. He has had an amazing career. A Hall of Fame career in WPW. The laundry list of championship op- accomplishments can just go on and on. First ever world heavyweight champion. First ever tag team champion. He is the first ever Grand Prix champion, former hardcore champion, former intercontinental champion, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he was. Um, This man has basically done it all in WPW and then decided to make this league. And you would think that he would up the um, accomplishments that he did. But I think this draws back to when Angel first started WPW. If you remember in FWL. Before WPW was a thing, Angel was red hot. He was basically seen as a god. But then when WPW began and Angel had to start going to the boardroom, he started lacked out a bit. I mean, he did pick it up when the time was right before the end of WPW's existence. But much like Blake, much like Angel, I think Blake Marker is going to have to uh, find a way to adjust correctly from being in the ring full time to now having to split that time with time in the boardroom. It's going to take some time for him, but if anyone can pull it off, it's him. 
Number seven on this list, it is the franchise, Chris Rainey. Chris Rainey, to me, was a guy who was corrupted by greed and by money. When he last saw him in WWE, he joined WMD, turned on his brother, Zach, and on the last night of the show, on behalf of WMD with APH, winning the tag team titles, now he's seen that WMD is really just a cancerous organization who, in his words, will use you until they don't need you anymore. That's basically what they did for him. So now I'm teaming up with Vendetta, who, by the way, did a clean sweep of everybody they faced that night on the first night of TGW. Um, You can see the look in his eyes, even though he's been on a losing end of title matches as of late. And hasn't really won a single championship in his career so far. You can see in his eyes that he has a renewed, um, a renewed feeling around him. Like he feels like he has a new lease on life. I think with that and his truce with Zach and his apology. I think him having a focus squarely on trying to stop what he said was the corruption of TTW by WND. And getting rid of that cancer that he claims. Um... I think that will be the final thing that will ascend him into championship contention because Chris has it all. He already has it all. Speed, agility, strength, the look of a champion. He never really had the drive to become champion. Had the He never really had the drive to really much do anything. So I think now that he has WMD squarely on his mind, I think that's just the final thing that's going to push him over the edge. Good placement, though. I This is I agree with. Number six is Blake Albright, the Space Wolf. This man has been all around the world. He has won multiple championships all around the world. And with Rise to Glory coming back, it's kind of ironic that he was the first man to win Rise to Glory in WPW back in July and become the WPW champion at the time. But fortunately, that didn't really last very long. He never really had a lengthy time on top, but I think now is the best time to change it. He has managed to make a name for himself pretty early. Um, Made it all the way to the semifinals of the Global Heavyweight Title Tournament and has made it to the All-American Championship and the Tag Team Title match, both ending in controversy that uh, we will amend come next week Monday when he faces APH for the All-American title and he faces the winner of Fallen Angels and WMD for the tag team titles. Speaking of which, his newly found truce and friendship once again with uh, Jonathan Reed is a very nice thing to see. This kid is a hell of a competitor. He is a guy who doesn't take no for an answer and doesn't take uh doesn't really take any BS from anybody. You even seen it with his teammates. He hates it when Cody just messes around. He just wants to get down to business and win championships. And I think if he wins the All-American title and tag team titles next week, I think he has a good chance of making it to the top five, top three even. Sky's the limit for this kid. Number five, we have the villain Justice. These The, the first man to crack the top five. I don't see a a single issue with it. He is the longest reigning WPW United States champion. Had a winning streak for months. Is a former tag team champion. And he has not skipped a beat heading into TTW. 
He made it all the way to the semifinals of the champ of the global heavyweight title match tournament before eventually losing to the eventual champion Jay, and uh, he's even made it to the All American and the tag team title matches. Of course, that ended in controversy. Um, there really isn't anything more I can say about this man that hasn't been said already. Although I will say he seemed more frustrated nowadays more than he was in WWE. I think some of him is still left in that company. But then you can look at it as some of him feels like after Angel favored him so much back in WPW, eventually giving him a WPW title match. Um, I think he's not used to just Blake's lack of pushing him the way Angel did. It's going to take adjusting, but I'm not saying this. You didn't hear it from me, but I wouldn't be surprised if Justice crept himself back into the Global Heavyweight title picture. He loves that shiny gold. And he would love to have it around his waist. Number four on the list is the man who will be challenging the All-American champion at Rise to Glory 2. It is Caleb Anderson. Haven't heard of this kid? Well, you might need to start thinking about it. You might need to start hearing about this kid. He is an amazing guy. A fantastic competitor. And the only man in this company who currently has an undefeated record in singles competition. The only loss he had was against against Death by Me in a tag match. Other than that, ever since the New Year's come in, he has been the best competitor in the company. He has proven that experience doesn't mean a damn thing, and he can arise to the top. And he just said he's not done. He's not done doing everything that he has. And I don't think that it would be a big shocker if he manages to creep even higher on these rankings. This is a very generous ranking for me for that I think that Blake has given him, but to me, I think this one is well-deserved. Mr. Undefeated, I'm going to start calling him until he actually loses the match. I think I just jinxed him. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, whomever the All-American champion is, whether it's APH or Blake Albright, needs to watch out because... As Zach can tell you, you give this kid an inch and he will beat your ass. So, this is a great ranking and all the power to this man. And I hope he does spectacular in this company. Cracking into the top three of this list. Number three is Mike, a.k.a. PTSD, the international heavyweight champion of of TTW. He is he was Caleb Anderson's tag team partner in that number one contendership tag title match loss to death by knee but he has had a great start to this to his new career in ttw to me mike's always been one of those guys who you know he's good but he's never been given a shot to actually prove that he's good so the fact that he gets this opportunity to show now he's not only good in the singles competition but in tag competition where you've seen from the number of tag teams that WPW tried to put him in. He loves the tag division. So having him with Caleb, I think they those two will make an amazing tag team. They put on one of the best tag matches I've seen against Death by Knee. If you haven't seen it, you need to go and watch it right now. It was that great. And he put on an amazing match for the International Championship last night. It was 
amazing. It was spectacular. There's no more words I can say about this big man. Uh, all I can say is there may be a chance he may not hold just one championship. Well, let's see if he can carry his momentum heading into Rise to Glory 2. Number two, we have the former owner of World Pro Wrestling and the current tag team and All-American champion, Angel Perkins Harris, APH, the total package, whatever the fuck you want to call him. He has so many fucking names. It's just ridiculous. The, the, I know a lot of people are going to be angry at how high he's placed. He's basically been told that he's the second best guy in the company. But regardless of whether you like him or not, there's pretty much no arguing this placement. I mean, he basically is a double champion. He's had found uh, success outside of uh, WP, of TTW. He's in a league called MIWF Thunder Pro Wrestling and uh, Elevate. He is also currently MIWF's world champion. So I guess he's a triple champion now. He beat Blake Albright amongst controversy, of course, for the All-American Championship last night. And by himself... After Preston Schuler turned on him to team up with Blake Marker and WMD, he ended up beating both Quinn Miller and Blake Marker by himself to become the World Tag Team Champions. By himself. It, WMD has been unstoppable. There's no way you can stop them with a team. And he did it on his own. I'm not trying to rub this man's uh, ego or trying to give this man more props than he needs. But after struggling so much heading into November of 2019, I think APH has finally found a stride. The minute the name change came and the hair got short and the muscles got big, whether you think steroids or not, I know I've seen this tra man's training regimen. But once that happened, he's won championships. He's been a championship winner. Last U.S. champion, last tag champion, last United, last undisputed champion, current All-American champion, current tag team champion. He has been a championship winning machine, and honestly, I think he's finally found the stride that he had back in FWL. He's finally got it back. And when Angel's on a roll like this, as much as you hate to say it, there's no way, there's not really an easy way to stop him. Let's hope he can continue this momentum, because if he does... He may be the global heavyweight champion at the same time as well, so shit. And number one on the list, no shock, no surprise, no controversy. It is Jay, British bastard, and the current reigning, defending, undisputed global heavyweight champion. He has always been dominant. He has always been an am he's always been a competitor that you look at on the card and you see him on your match and you go, fuck. And he has always been that guy who's always close to championship gold, specifically the world's heavyweight championship. But now it's the global heavyweight championship. This is his second stint as a global heavyweight champion. First stint was with the WPW version, now the TTW version. Ironically, Elijah was his only loss. But he has then racked up wins against Blake Marker, Malcolm. And Elijah getting his payback. Justice as well. And of course with Zach, the team of Mike. 
and Caleb Anderson. And of course, last night, in an amazing False Count Anywhere match against Blake Marker, Jay ended up beating Blake once again to become the Global Heavyweight Champion. And honestly, I could go on with this man's accomplishments. I can go on with the fact that he was the first double champion in WPW history. In fact, he was a triple champion. The only triple champion in WPW history. I can go on about the fact that he was one of the longest reigning world heavyweight champions in that company. I can go on about how he's a former Intercontinental Champion. I can go on about the fact that he's a former Hardcore Champion. But really, I can go on for all that. But I think it's best to say that you need to watch this man compete to really understand how good he really is. He's a special talent, and we're very thankful to have him. I think that pretty much wraps up our uh, little review here. Tell me what you guys think about it. You can DM me as well. But uh, thank you so much for staying here and listening to it. I am very grateful and very appreciative to have this job. Thank you, Blake Marker, for giving me my job back. <laughs> um, I thought you would not hire me after the crap I told you about in WPW, but hey, it's glad to be back here. It's glad to be, it's good to be back. I'm happy. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. You guys have a great night. See you next week.